Hello again, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Not So Hardcore Anime. Um, just before we get started, I want to share a little bit of news, as it's something I'm now very happy to reveal. I just got my first job outside of this podcast, so, you know, it, it just has a cashier, but it's something good, it's something I'm really happy to do. In fact, I about an hour ago now, I just got off from my first ever shift, so, you know, th- th- this is exciting times. Um, quite a bit has happened over the last couple of months, including the start of this podcast, my second podcast, which, if you didn't know, I run a, a podcast that's been around for a year now, uh, Not So Hardcore Gaming, check it out if you haven't already. And, you know, th- this is my second podcast, and I started this a little over a month ago, I think. And yeah, so quite a bit has happened these last few months, and I just thought I'd reveal a little bit. And without further ado, we'll get into the episode. And the anime of topic today is Angels of Death. Uh, this is another recommendation from The Great Blaze. Uh, he, he's recommended quite a few different anime series, and probably most of the ones I've watched. Um, and... It it was pretty good recommendation. I'll, I'll say that starting off, but this isn't quite like any other one I've spoken about, and it's sort of because this is quite a dark anime in a lot of ways. You know, it it's very quickly dark too. Like in the first couple of minutes, we see a little baby bird get stomped on, which you know, rest in peace, little birdie. But like. <laughs> That sets the tone, man. Like, when your anime starts off with not only a bird being stomped to death, but a young girl being chased by a scythe-wielding maniac, like, that, that, that's one hell of a tone to set. But, you know, it's the, that, that's, that's just the straight away the start of it, and was the very first thing I noticed. Um, and you, your main, He's sort of main villain, but he's sort of not villain by the end of it. It's a weird thing, but, you know, as he wields a scythe, uh, his Zack there. And first of all, I'd like to comment, a scythe is a great weapon. I, I love to look at it. Obviously, I've never wielded one, so I can't tell you what it's like in combat. But it's always looked like such a good weapon to me. And one of the first encounters I had was with Bloodborne, with, I believe, German. He wields a scythe, and I looked at that and I thought, damn, that is so cool. You know, it's a big-ass blade, and it just looks so cool to see them wielding that. And as I said, Zach has it. You know, he, he wields a scythe, and I just love looking at it, basically. Like, it, it is great. And then you look at when he was younger as well, he just had a regular old knife. You know, it didn't have a lot to it. So, I think it was a pretty good upgrade going to the scythe, you know? I, I think that was a good choice on his part. So, like, moving on to that other part of the tone, there's quite a lot of mystery throughout this, you know, where it's basically, who is this girl? What's, what's her past? You know, and why is she here? And at and I may have to get into a little bit of spoilers throughout it, so fair warning for that. So let's give a couple of seconds. 
Okay. <laughs> now, starting off, your main protagonist, she basically doesn't seem to remember anything. You know, she doesn't know very well who she is or really about her parents or like she remembers just a little bit for, for what you see. And so you have to figure out, okay, who is she and why is she here? What, where is she as well? You know, it's, it introduces a lot of questions to her. And that, that's always a good way to start off, really. You know, if you then say early on, okay, there are questions to be had and questions to be answered, that brings people back to watch more. You know, it gives you more reason to keep watching it. Even if it's sort of not your thing, your curiosity kicks in because humans are very curious creatures. You know, it's we get questions in our head and we have to know the answer. We can't rest until we know what the answer is. So they pay off that. They use that part of your humanity against you in this to keep you watching. And I feel like it's done very well. Because it gives you little bits, enough to answer one question, but then it opens up more, you know, so it's not, it doesn't get stale. Because if it gives you one question and it doesn't answer anything, you get, you get bored of it. But if it starts to answer little bits and starts to give you more information, little bit by little bit, you know, it doesn't feel as stale. It feels fresh and, you know, there's other parts to the mystery. And that, I felt, was really well done for this. And, you know, by the end of it, you find out she does remember a lot, you know? And, oh, she has her demons, that sort of thing. You know, it's beautiful watching the evolution of what you know, you know? We, from an outside perspective, we only see what's on the screen, so we don't know what's happened before. And so, as far as we know, she doesn't know. And then it reveals more and more about she actually does remember a lot of this. She just doesn't want to talk about it. That I felt was very well done and was really good for me as a viewer. So <laughs> another thing I want to say, this particular series is one that made me very vocal. And by that, I mean, you know, First of all, when it comes to any other shows, you know, if something makes me laugh, usually I'm a quiet laugher. You know, I'm used to living with other people, so I'll be watching something and laughing to myself. And it's rare for me to laugh out loud. That's just one example. And the surprising thing about this series, even though it's a very, very dark series, it still made me laugh a few times. You know, it, and that that's such a good mixture. I think at the same time it sort of goes with it because I have a dark sense of humour. It, it's a bit easier for me to laugh at shows like this. But what makes me vocal in this is sometimes when a character does something stupid or says something stupid, I found, and I'm going I'm to start off with the very first example of this. At one point, she's in a room with a guy who's just plain creepy, you know, and it shows you. He has an obsession with eyes, for example. She goes in a room where there are, like, hundreds of eyes in jars, and she goes, oh, something doesn't feel right. Do you fucking think? I found myself there. I actually shouted it out, you think? So it, it was one that 
in the first episode, I found myself yelling at the screen because she said something so monumentally stupid, so obvious, and it continued to happen a little bit. You know, that that was the first example I can think of of where, but throughout the episodes, there were multiple times where I found myself talking to the characters, which is pointless in and of itself, but it's a habit I have, you know, and this one was just so early on that I noticed that, and it continued to happen. And that that was just funny, you know, just for, for me, that, that was a funny note that I ha- had to mention, especially just that first example, like, come on, you're with a guy who sh- you can tell by the way he talks that he's insane. He has eyes in a jar, and he's professed his love to you, even though he doesn't bloody well know you, like... Yeah, something's obviously wrong. <laughs> anyway, moving on, I want to talk a little bit more about the atmosphere for this. You know, I said it's got a very dark atmosphere through it, and, you know, the mysterious as well. But throughout this, I always find myself feeling a bit uneasy. You know, it's sort of. You look at it and just the way that the scene is set for this anime, I particularly liked because when you go along with a script, especially that sort of thing, everything just blended together. You know, it felt uneasy. You were always expecting something to happen. In in some scenes you had just, I guess the easiest way is a disembodied voice, you know, someone talking to them and... You feel uneasy because you know there's someone there that has control over things and what can they do to you, you know, and, you know, how much of a threat are they? So that, you know, just as an atmosphere, I felt it was built very, very well. Um, the script, oh boy, there's there's a bit to say for this. As I said, it had some good humour moments in it. Uh, one of them, Zach, the, you know, the murderer, the serial killer, at one point he's talking to her and, and he says, oh, you really give me the creeps. <laughs> that made me laugh quite a, <laughs> more than it should because he is clearly unhinged. And this little girl basically gives him the creeps. That... <laughs> I mean, it's not quite as funny now, but when you're watching it, it it just sort of triggered something for me. So the fact that there was humour in this surprised me and really added to the atmosphere. It really added to it. And obviously that's down to the script. But the script has places that started to falter for me. Rachel, who's the main girl, gets irritating after a while. She really gets on my nerves because, see, in the first episode, she wasn't as bad. But then all that is said to her that you really think, which seems to change her whole mindset, is that her parents were dead. And then all of a sudden, it's, oh, kill me. Oh, you you, you said you were going to kill me. And the whole thing, she is obsessing over the fact that Zach told her he would kill her. And then later, it's... You, you swore to God you'd kill me. And she keeps saying that. It's all one note. And when you hear the same thing 
a hundred different times, it really grates on you. So that, that just became very, very irritating for me. And it didn't really feel needed either. You know, and it, it wouldn't have been as bad if she didn't harp on so much. And then adding the element of God into it, to me, it, it hit different because she never gives any reason to indicate why she would believe in God. Never in the show does it explain even that maybe her family was religious and that's how they raised them. Anything like that. She never explains why Zack swearing on God that he would kill her is so important. Why is that any different than just saying, okay, I will kill you? You know, it's sort of the whole way through I was thinking, give us an explanation so maybe it's a little bit less irritating harping on that. But they never did. As I said, like, I, I would never have anything against religion. I want to make that very clear, right? But for something like this where it's just basically saying, you know, she's talking about God. God this, God that, you swore on God, oh, yada, yada, yada. If it explained it, it wouldn't be as irritating. It would probably still get on my nerves after a while, but not as quickly and not as much. So when it came to the script, if they had have not harped on that quite as much, I think it would have been a lot better. And even Blaze agreed with me on that. He said that annoyed him too, you know. it's When you hear the same thing, so many times, it just gets irritating. Probably enough that me repeating that multiple times became irritating, you know? And especially, like, my... Some members in my family have problems with misophonia, which is often certain sounds begin to annoy you. And, you know, sounds of people chewing, for example, that sort of thing can really get on your nerves, can really anger you. And sometimes repetitive things can trigger it as well. Now, I can't say that I have a particular case of misophonia. I think for me it would be very, very minor, if anything. But, you know, certain sounds still get on my nerves. And sometimes it, I think it sort of affects how I react to repetitive shit. So it, it's weird. It, that may not play a part in it, but it is worth mentioning, you know? So, yeah, as a script, I think, would have been so much better off just if that one little part of it were not as prominent, you know? And, yeah, that, that, that's, I have to say, that really took away from it for me. It, yeah. So, when you go more into the characters as well, each character, and one of the things that I found was very well done, it seems each character had individually written uh, psyches. You know, they they all had something different that drove them to do what they do. You know, your main, uh, your main cast, for example, as I said, Rachel, Rachel, you'd never get quite as much about it. It just basically indicates there was always something wrong with her mentally. She seemed the one that had the least work put into her. But when you go to Zach, he has a lot put into it. And it shows you his past, 
you know, he, he was raised, I believe he, it was sort of a foster family type thing, and those people were very abusive. And it indicates they may have even killed some of the kids, like that sort of thing. So it was very, very dark. And it explained what led him to be where he is. You know, he he had a mental break and he stabbed his foster parents to death. And then that just triggered more and more to happen. And it shows basically what turned him to this and everything that happened to lead him up to that point. That was, I think, was very well done. He was the one that had the most work put into him. And it made it, made it so much better. But then you have your other characters, the others in the buildings, like in the building that they're in, and each of them, even though they may not have as much work as Zack had, I said he really had the most, the others you can really tell they have a different wavelength they run off of, basically. You know, they have, it, it shows you how their mind works and just how truly insane they are, you know, it, it's just so good to watch the the way it's written, even if it's subtle. You know, it like they'll take fun in certain things. It, it, it's just it's really good to see, and I've rarely seen something that writes different characters' psyches as in depth and as well as this did. So for me, that that really struck a note. That was a home run for me watching each of the characters even if some of the characters became a bit annoying you know it's still i love the work that was put into them i love the way that they were written in just enough detail and as i always say with these sometimes people can overdo it like when they're describing a person's past it can be overdone or it can be underdone you know it's if there's not enough work put in it can be really bad if there's too much work put in it, it's not as bad, but it just feels like too much. But then you've got that Goldilocks zone. And this, I felt, was good. Uh, for me, at least, I liked just enough was put into it, you know? So, just sometimes people's psyches can really interest me. So, you know, knowing how their mind works, it can be really, really interesting. And that was very much the case for this. So that, I think, is what this show did best, was writing these characters. Loved it. As I always do when I talk about any anime series, the music. You know, the starting music, the ending music, I always at least talk about it briefly. Not much to say for this one. You know, it's sort of any other ones I'll mention, you know, oh, I didn't mind listening to it, you know, so I wouldn't skip it. Or, you know, it was particularly catchy. I, I always like to mention briefly, I have bugger all to say about these. You know, I found myself skipping through them because it just didn't interest me as much. It, it may have fit the tone, but for me, it didn't capture my attention, so I skipped right through every time. That's just how it is, you know? So... Yeah, there's just not much to comment on in terms of the music. There's just not a lot there. Um, I guess really the last thing to talk about really is the ending and 
See, the last episode, quite a lot happens, and it doesn't fully answer all the questions, you know, the, and the way it ends is they escape that building, you know, they get out of, out of that. Um, it doesn't really explain, you know, the person who basically ran this experiment, because it was mostly an experiment for this man, it doesn't explain why he wanted to run that, why he wanted to look at that, you know, why he chose these people in particular. It sort of, it says the tiniest bit, but not enough that you sort of still feel there's just that bit left to it, if that makes sense. It sort of, it still feels a bit, okay, what the hell just happened? And then right at the end, you have Zach. He, he's on death row. A fitting end for a serial killer, gotta say. You know, it, and that, him ending on death row, that was exactly what I expected to happen. The main girl, Rachel, she ends in a psych ward. Exactly what I expected to happen because she is fucking mental. <laughs> she definitely needed psychiatric help. But right at the post credit scene, it shows Zach has broken out. Don't ask me how he did it, but he comes to fulfill his promise. Even then, it still felt a little bit, okay, wow. You know, it's sort of, it, you look at it and it still just feels a bit, oh boy, trying to figure out, you know, how things worked by the end of it. But I guess that just fits, you know? When you look at the rest of the tone, you look at it through all the episodes, it feels like, you know, that's how you would expect it to end, keeping that tone of just can't quite understand, you know? And I did like that. As a human, obviously, I want to be able to understand things fully, but I don't mind it, you know? And overall... I didn't expect to like this one as much as I did. You know, it's not like any other anime I've seen. Uh, I know there is a manga for it that it was based on, um, which, honestly, <laughs> nowadays I doubt I had the time to read through all of it, and I'm sure that would explain a little bit more, but I think the anime itself seems to know what it's doing and it does it well. And by the end of it, I found, you know, as I said, the whole way through, I was like, okay, what the hell is happening? Who the hell is that? Why the hell are they here? But by the end of it, I was like, hey, that was pretty good. And I think that brings us to the end of today's episode. I can definitely recommend watching this. And if you can figure out everything, like, if you can fill in all the blank spots, well, you've done a damn good job. And, yeah, otherwise, thank you for joining today. Uh, if you are interested, I have a Facebook page over at Not So Hardcore Anime is where I will post updates and I'll post about posted episodes, so please follow me there. I have an Instagram page as well, and that would be Not So Hardcore Anime as well. I would also like for you to check out my other podcast. If you're interested in gaming, it's Not So Hardcore Gaming. 
Um, this this week will be my one year anniversary special of Not So Hardcore Gaming. So I'd really, really love for you to have a listen to that. It's going to be a tier list of every game that I've spoken about on that series. And once again, thank you for joining me today, and I will see you in the next episode. Bye-bye.